your Bibles tonight, Romans chapter 8. This is our verse that we're going to launch out from tonight. We're in our series on the Holy Spirit. This is now the fourth installment of this series. And tonight, what I want to talk to you about, I've been praying a lot about this today and really wanting to be able to make it clear and discernible and understandable to you, and that is the, the leading of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. How does the Holy Spirit lead us, guide us? Does he? And if so, how? Well, let's look here. Romans chapter 8, verse 12, if you would. Paul writes here, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Shall we pray? Father, tonight we pray that you would teach us what it is to discern you're leading in our lives, God. Help us to be able to detect that, to be sensitive to that, Lord, to be aware of when you're leading and how you're leading and to avoid when you're not leading, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, at this point in our study, looking at the person and work of the Holy Spirit, we've considered together the deity of the Holy Spirit, the personality of the Holy Spirit, as well as the empowering that the Holy Spirit provides in the life of the believer in order that we might be his witnesses in this world. But as I said this evening, I'd like to talk to you about the leading, the guiding, the directing of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer and how to recognize that. Because I'm certain that if you've walked with the Lord for any length of time, that you've had those moments when you wondered whether a thought or an impulse was the Lord or was it you? Is this me thinking this right now? Or is this the Holy Spirit placing something on my heart directing me in a particular direction. Perhaps you had a desire to, to do something in particular, to go a certain direction in life, or maybe a, choosing a career path, or you wondered if, if this was the Lord inspiring you or prompting you, or is this just me? How do I know what is of the Lord and what is not of the Lord? How does the Holy Spirit lead us? And if so, how, how does that happen? What does that look like? That's, what I'm, that's my attempt tonight. I'd like to look at that and consider that with you. The Holy Spirit, first of all, folks, desires to lead us. I just want you to know that. Because in Psalm 143, verse 10, quoting from the Old Testament here, the psalmist said, this was the prayer of the psalmist's heart, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me to level ground. Even in the Old Testament, they were praying, Lord, let your spirit lead me into level ground. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah talks about the nation of Israel being led out of bondage, and he attributes it to the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was involved even in the Old Testament. But Jesus said, you remember in John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15, that the Holy Spirit, first of all, he desires to lead us into truth. Remember this passage. Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but I can't bear them now, or you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, look at this, he will guide you, in other words, lead you into all truth. He's not gonna speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. 
all the things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So Jesus told his disciples, hey, listen, I'm going away, but I'm going to leave you a comforter. He's going to come alongside you. He's the spirit of truth. And it is the spirit of truth's desire and goal to lead you into truth, to tell you the things that Jesus said, to remind you of the things that Jesus has done, and to ultimately glorify God that and glorify Jesus. That's the point of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. He wants to lead us. So when it comes, first of all, to studying the Word of God, comprehending the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit is the one who provides us with understanding. He leads us into the truth of the scriptures. As Jesus said, he glorifies him. He reminds us of what Jesus taught. He leads us into truth. And as we are led, it's important that we follow his leading. The primary, the primary way that the Holy Spirit leads and directs our lives, wait for this, is through the word of God. This is how he leads us. This, if you can imagine, this is like the roadmap to the Christian life right here, the word of God. Someone said the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible. This is God's roadmap for us. This, this is how he directs our lives. And the Holy Spirit directs us to truth, which in turn directs our life. Listen, folks, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us, but understand this, he will never lead us into something that contradicts what the word of God says. And I mention that to you because there are many times throughout the years of ministry of the last two plus decades when people will come to me and say, well, I just really feel like the Lord's leading me to do this. Well, explain what do you mean, what do you mean he's leading me to do this? Well, I think he wants me to, to be with this woman. Well, you're already married. That's not gonna work. That is not the Holy Spirit leading you. I mean, that might be an extreme case, but I'm just telling you, that's the kind of mentality that some people have. Well, I know that God wants me to be happy. It says it there somewhere. Actually, it says he wants you to be holy, and right now you're not. That is not the Holy Spirit leading you. That's some other spirit. That's the spirit of your flesh. That's the spirit of the world. That is not what the Bible says. And so you find people just kind of, you know, doing strange things and say, I'm just being led by the Spirit. No, because that contradicts what God's Word says. So I can tell you straight away, that's not the Spirit leading you. He'll never lead us to do something that contradicts the word of God or that the word of God condemns. That's not the Holy Spirit. He leads us into biblical truth. But listen, folks, this is really what the Lord laid on my heart tonight. He leads us in everyday practical living. The Holy Spirit is with us, the Bible says. He indwells us. He's with us. And therefore, he desires to control, to direct, to lead my life. Very practical ways. And that's, that's really what I want to emphasize tonight. And I want to look at both Old and New Testament on how the Lord leads us. Try to make some practical application from the scriptures. It's, and let me say this to you. The Holy Spirit's leading, it is supernatural, but it is very natural. It's very natural. It's supernatural how he leads and directs and guides our lives, but it's natural. And I mentioned that to say I've heard from people over the years the way that they said the Spirit, you know, I woke up today and I saw a cloud. I mean, I'm just telling you, there are crazy things that I've heard over the years. And I just think, I know, because it's a cloudy day, but don't, you know, I just, just things like that, you know, just these, these things that people grab onto. And I don't want to dismiss everything, but I, I just sometimes I think, hmm. And I've just heard some crazy things sometimes. It, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be some esoteric, you know, ooh, I had this, and then, and oh, the light turned on by itself. It's like, because the power was out, and you, I mean, just, I don't want to try to, dis, but I'm just saying, sometimes people come up with really strange things and attribute it to the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm not saying that the Lord can't do strange things if he wanted to, but I'm just saying, practically, folks, it, it's supernatural, but so often it's very natural. And I want to be able to identify that. And, and that doesn't have to always be something that's, you know, so out there that no one could figure it out, um, what you describe. So the question, I think, when it comes to the leading of the Holy Spirit is this. Are we willing to follow where the Holy Spirit is leading? He leads us through the word. He leads us through truth. But are we willing to follow? Oh, first example I want to point to is found in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 24. If you could go back there for a moment, just turn back to Genesis 24, would you? Genesis 24, it's the first book of the Bible. The word Genesis means beginning. Genesis 24. 
And look with me at verse 27 of Genesis 24. We're right in the middle of the life of Abraham here, patriarch of the nation of Israel. Notice what it says. This is Abraham's servant speaking. Here's what he says. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward my master. And I want to look at this right here. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. Genesis 23, what's happened? Abraham's wife, Sarah, has just died. His partner in life, that this woman who walked the journey of faith with him, has died. And Abraham had made, at this point, necessary preparation for his wife's memorial. He had purchased burial ground there in the promised land. But following her death, as he and his son Isaac were grieving, Abraham calls for his servant and gives him a special assignment. And Abraham was going to send his servant back to the area where he came from to find a wife for Isaac. And in Genesis chapter 24, by the way, it is the longest chapter in the entire book of Genesis which I find surprising when you consider the narrative of creation in Genesis 1 is only 31 verses, whereas this has 67 verses talking about finding a woman for Isaac. It's great. But at this point, it's been now as you come to chapter 24, three years since the death of Sarah. Abraham's 140, and Isaac is now, and he would live actually another 35 years, and Isaac is now 40 years of age. And Abraham knows that it's through Isaac that his seed would be blessed, and so he needs, he needs a wife. And so he sends out his servant to find a bride for his son. And I believe as this story of the servant unfolds, there is some insight as to how the Lord leads us. It's, it's supernatural, but it's natural. It's very practical in how we discover his will. So Abraham calls his servant, interesting, just to give you a little background, tells his servant, put your hand under my thigh. Okay, they're going to make a covenant. We don't do that today. We usually shake hands. But back in the day, hey, grab hold, and they made a covenant. Here's what, promise me that you will find, a, and promise me you're not going to take my son with you, and you're not going to get a woman from Canaan. You know how those ladies are. None of, we don't want any Canaanite women in this family. That, we're not doing that. So this what, he, he makes this whole covenant with him, and so the servant says, all right, I'm going to do it. But then the servant says, what if I find her and she won't come with me? That's a good question. It's not like he had a picture of Isaac, a poster. Hey, this is what he looks like. What do you think, huh? You going to come back with me? Come on. You know you like him. It's nothing like that. They didn't have that. Here, let me airdrop you a photo. Bing! This is him swimming. You know, it's like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So Abraham says, listen, if he doesn't come with you, then there's no obligation. But Abraham says, I, I believe that the Lord that led me all these years, he is going to lead you. I I'm confident. He's led me my whole life. I'm confident. He knows the need. He he's he's going to lead you. Guys, listen, God knows our needs. And we can be confident that his spirit is going to lead and guide us as we seek him. So the servant says, all right, here we go. And he heads out and he goes on this long trip back to the area where Abraham's from and his descendants are. And as he's, he's on his way there, he's moving, he's in the process, he's moving forward. He prays a prayer. And I think it's important to pray. And he basically he lays out this whole thing for the Lord. I mean, he's in foreign territory. He doesn't know where he's going. He says, listen, Lord, I pray that when I find this woman, that if she wants to give my camels water, not just one camel, but all my camels. I mean, he lays out this, this whole thing with the Lord, just to be sure that it's the Lord. And so he shows up at this well. And here comes this beautiful woman, Rebecca. She comes out, and he's waiting. He's like, oh, man, she's good looking. Wow, maybe this is the one. Where are you from? You know, she tells, him where, she tells him where she's from. He's like, oh my goodness, that's where Abraham's from. All right, let's see what's going to happen next. 
She says, can I get you some water for you and for all your camels? He's like, it's the Lord. I mean, he's just, it's so practical. But he realizes, this is the one. This is, this is, and he's watching this whole thing unfold. He takes a nose ring, puts it in her nose. And, you know, it's just, it's what happens. <laughs> Guys, it was so practical. He, he, he runs into Rebecca at the well. Everything he had prayed, God confirmed to meet the need and, and he, he's going to bring home the, the bride for Isaac. And, and as the servant is retelling the story, as we just read, he's telling the family, Rebecca's family, this, he says, you know what? Here's how it happened. I was just, and I want you to key in on this verse, I was being in the way the Lord led me. I was just, I was just walking this out. I didn't know how it was going to go. The Lord knew the need. I was given an assignment. I walked it out. And as I was walking it out, God led me right to where I was supposed to be. He didn't even know. And I'm saying that to you guys. Listen, when you wake up in the morning, you say, God, I want to do your will for my life. I believe that when you pray that it's your heart, you know, it's your heart's desire to do God's will, that that day, as that day unfolds, it is a progressive revelation of God's will for that day, that day. And it's amazing how when God knows the needs, God knows what, what, the, you know, what our concerns are and how he very naturally just leads us right to where we're going to go, right to where we need to be so that the need is met and we get there and we're like, did the Lord just answer my prayer? Yes, he did. And I know, I look over this room and I know you and I've prayed with so many of you about needs that you've had and things that you've come up front and said, Pastor John, I need that. And then, all right, let's pray that God would do it. And he did it. He didn't necessarily do it the way you thought, but he did it. He met the need. It's very practical. As for me being on the way. And the fact that he just did, he couldn't, he didn't sit with Abraham. He had to actually move. You know, it's a lot easier to move someone who's moving than somebody who's unwilling to move. And so he's moving and God is directing him as he's moving, being in the way the Lord led me right to where I was supposed to be. He was obedient. He, he did what God asked him to do and God took him right where he's supposed to be. And I'd encourage you and me in that same way, being on the way the Lord led me. This is so often how the Lord works in directing us supernaturally, very naturally. God expects us at times, let me say this, to step out in faith. And as we step out in faith, he leads us. Sometimes we make the mistake of just lying back. Now, Lord, lead my life. I'm not going to get up from this couch, but just bring me a job. I just am trusting that as I lay here, someone will come to the door. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. You have to get out. You have to knock on the door. You got to get out there and do a couple of things, and you trust the Lord. I mean, you put out the resume. You do this thing. You go over here. You try that. And you know what, Lord? You lead me and shut down what you don't want. I'll wait but I'm actively waiting. I'm doing what you asked me to do. If the servant never would have left Beersheba, he would not have come to the well, then in turn he would not have met Rebecca, and in turn he would not have been able to have this testimony of God's faithfulness. It happened, listen, one step at a time. God knew what he was doing. We're not given the whole picture. If we were, most of the time we probably wouldn't do it. And so God just takes us one step at a time. Maybe you're in step two or three or four. God, God's directing you. He, he's, he's got you right where he wants you. You're seeking him. He knows he's got a plan. He's going to lead you. And I believe that if you're seeking the will of God for your life, you will not miss it. Because God wants you to discover it more than you want to know it. And if you're seeking the Lord and you don't know what he has for you, don't worry. Keep following him. He'll show you. Let your will be done in my life today. But I want to look at another example. I'm moving from the Old Testament of Genesis. I want to fast forward to the New Testament, this time Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. I want to look at the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4. And this might come as a little bit of a surprise, but Matthew chapter 4, how the Holy Spirit can lead us through times of testing. Times of testing. Now, if you have read through the Gospel of Matthew, you know that at this point, Jesus, in chapter 3 of Matthew, has just been baptized there in the Jordan River. And when he comes out of the water, the Spirit of God descends upon him in the form of a dove. And John, 
recognizes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world because he was told, the one in whom you see the Spirit of God descend upon, that's the one. So John recognizes Jesus. He comes out of the water. The Spirit of God, it says in chapter 3, verse 16, when he'd been baptized, the heavens were open and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him. And then it says in verse 17, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But look at chapter 4, verse 1. And look at this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and afterward he was hungry, it implies he was at the point of starvation, that's when the devil showed up at his weakest moment and tested him. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be refined, to be tested, to overcome the enemy. And when Jesus was tested by the devil, you remember the, the series of temptations that came. And every time that Jesus was faced with a temptation, what did he do? He used the word of God. He overcame. He said, it is written, and it is written. And then Satan twisted the scriptures. He knows the scriptures, by the way, and he twists them. But Jesus countered once again with accurate scripture and defeated the devil there in the wilderness, and the devil departed until an opportune time. But, but this is what I want you to understand. The Spirit of God allowed him to be led to be tested. Not to be tempted to do evil, but to be tested, to be refined. Folks, listen. Every Christian will be tested and refined. And that's how we become like Jesus, through, through these things, through these processes. Now, God will allow a test to come into my life, test my faith, and in the testing of my faith, the devil comes with temptation. Temptation to doubt God. Temptation to get angry. Temptation to respond in the flesh or try to figure out my own way of getting out of this. However, the Spirit of God allows me to be refined, can at times lead me into a test to be tested in order to show me things about myself that maybe I didn't see, to show me things about the faithfulness of God that I was unaware of. He's allowing me to be refined. Now, in that moment, the temptation comes, and the Spirit always gives me the exits. Here's the exit. Take the exit. Take the way of escape when the temptation comes. But, but what I want to say to you is don't be surprised and think that the Holy Spirit isn't leading when you enter into a trial or a testing. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't leading. He's still with you. He's still in the midst of that. And he's going to strengthen you. And he's going to enable us to get through it, even though it's difficult. The Holy Spirit allows us to be tested. And maybe that's where you are tonight. You're thinking, Lord, lead me out of this. Yesterday. i got to get out of this. And yet you're in it for a reason. And God's doing something in you. And he's doing something in me. The Spirit of God led me to this place to teach me about things that I didn't know and to, to grow me in my relationship with the Lord. And sometimes we just don't want to grow. Well, that's painful. It's uncomfortable. I don't like that. I can think of so many different scenarios that the Lord has placed me in that if I had a choice, I wouldn't necessarily want to be in that situation. If it was up to me. I don't want to be in this situation. But I'm being led by the Spirit. I'm following the Lord. I want Him to do His will in my life. And you know what? He's, he's let, this is God's will for my life right now. I'm, I'm in the midst. Just because there's a storm in your life doesn't mean you're not in the midst of God's will. There's plenty of people in this room tonight watching on the internet right now who can't be at church because they're sick or they're going through treatment for cancer and they are right smack dab in the middle of God's will. And God is sustaining them and strengthening them in the midst of it. And so like, that can't be the spirit of God. How could it be painful? I don't know. Jesus was tested by the devil. He was crucified. I mean, these are things that sometimes doesn't, doesn't compute with our everything's lovely, everything's happy, you'll never have a bad day kind of living. It's just not reality for the majority of Christians in the world. We just don't understand that. But the Lord sometimes will lead us into something to refine us, not to keep us there, but to teach us and then to bring us out of there. I think of so many examples of this. I think of, even if I look back at the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't you love that story? You love to read it. 
love to tell people about it. You don't necessarily want to live it. I don't. It's not like I want to get into it. Yeah, furnace. It's just, mm. But God allows fiery trials to come into my life to burn away all the stuff that needs to go that I want to cling to. That this is what I, and God just says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to torch that, son. That is hindering you. So let me lead you into this to show you things that you're not seeing, but I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it because I love you. And aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit doesn't show us everything right up front day one you get saved? I mean, it just would be too much. It'd be overwhelming. I couldn't take it. So he does it incrementally over time, refining us, making us more like Jesus. He, he leads us. We are tested. We are refined. So folks, listen, if you're in the midst of a test tonight because God is refining you, don't think that the Holy Spirit isn't leading you. Now, it's one thing if you're being tested because you're rebelling and you're not doing God's will and you're saying, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm going to do my own thing. And you run into, you know, you create a trial in your life like Jonah. And that's a, that's a totally different Bible study that I'm not talking about. I'm talking about just the, the everyday living in the Christian life and being refined in the process as the Holy Spirit leads me. There's a purpose in this. And I may not understand it at this moment, but it's amazing. They always say hindsight's 2020. You know, you can look back and you can see, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy being in that. In fact, that was really difficult. But I learned some things about you, Lord, in that that have absolutely changed my life forever. It, it is transform me in ways that, that couldn't have happened in, in through any other process than this right here. I have such a different heart of compassion for people with this situation or that situation because this is the very thing you allowed me to go through. And I see your faithfulness in that. So the Holy Spirit leads, even sometimes through trial. Well, another example of the Spirit's leading, and that is found in Acts chapter 10. Oh, go to the right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, at this point, the church was predominantly Jewish. A lot of Jewish believers, not yet a lot of Gentiles. But persecution came. And the church be, began to scatter. They went every direction. Now the gospel is going into Samaria and all you know, these other places that they weren't willing to go yet. They weren't sure how it was that Gentiles are going to be saved. And so now the Lord taps Peter on the shoulder. And to set the stage for you, Peter was up on a roof there in Joppa, the home of Simon the Tanner. And he was waiting for lunch to be made. Interesting that a Jewish man was on a tanner's house. If you know what a tanner is. They take animal skins and, I mean, it's just interesting. He's up there waiting for lunch to be prepared. And while he's there, he has this crazy vision. He sees this white sheet coming down out of the sky. And he sees all of these four-footed animals and things that were not kosher for a Jewish person to eat. And when he sees this, he says to, he hears the Lord say, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Well, that was weird. That can't be the Lord. He sees it three times. He does not know what happens. While he's thinking about it, something's been planted into his heart. He, do, he does not know what that means. I do not know what that means. Let me, listen, times God will plant something in your heart. I, I don't know what that means. Maybe that was just me. Maybe I'm just hungry. Well, look what happens. Somebody comes to the door, knocks at the door, and the Lord says, there's some guys here to see you, and I want you to go with them, and I want you to doubt nothing. Here's the next step. God puts something in his heart, but then he brings somebody to Peter's attention and says, I want you to go with them. And so, if you look at Acts chapter 10, if you look down at verse 8, so when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey, they drew near, and Peter went up on the housetop and tells this whole thing. He's praying at the sixth hour, and he sees this sheet come down. It's about 12 p.m., and, and, and he sees the four corners descending and let down to the earth. And as I just said, there's this, he sees this whole vision. He rise, kill, and eat Peter. And then the Lord, as Peter has this word given to him, he's then conflicted by what he receives because he doesn't know if it's the Lord or not. And as a Christian, there are times that I'm not sure if this is the Lord leading me or if this is just me thinking that. How could this be the Lord? It doesn't seem practical. It doesn't seem realistic. And that's something I would never do because I don't feel comfortable doing that. Rise, kill, and eat. What? I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? 
You ever had that kind of experience? Not rise, kill, and eat. But I mean, the Lord's saying something to you that didn't necessarily make sense initially. But as you go on a little bit further, God begins to bring things together. Put the pieces of the puzzle together. And so what happens is Peter ends up going down. I'm just going to paraphrase because it's a long story. But he ends up following these people to, to a Gentile's house whose name was Cornelius. And Cornelius, unbeknownst to Peter, had been praying. And the Lord appeared to him and told him, hey, listen, there's a guy named Peter all the way over in Joppa. I want you to go get him, send for him. He's going to come and tell you everything you need to know. So God was working on this end over in Joppa, but he was also working over on this end with Cornelius, independently of one another. Peter doesn't know that. He just has the Lord put something on his heart. It doesn't make any sense. So the Lord says, okay, here's the next step. All right. He follows these guys, ends up at Cornelius' house, and, and he just starts sharing with Cornelius the gospel the message of Jesus Christ to this Gentile. And he gets saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it all becomes clear. Peter realizes that the vision he had of the unclean animals coming down with the white sheet and the Lord, when he asked the Lord what it, what it meant, the Lord said, don't call, because Peter, when he saw these things, I'm not gonna eat these things unclean. The Lord said to him, Peter, listen, don't call unclean what I've cleansed. It's the weirdest vision I've ever had. But now that he's in Cornelius' house, a Gentile, who the Jews would formally call unclean, it clicks. I get it. I'm not to call unclean what you've cleansed. And you just cleansed him. He's saved. He's born again. He sees it. God planted something in his heart at lunchtime. What does that mean? I have no idea. It's so weird. I need more information. And then, as he's just continuing to walk in obedience to the Lord, he still doesn't understand. He still doesn't understand. And then he gets there, and it, oh my goodness, it just, it just dawned on me, this was the Lord. I didn't even, and sometimes that's how it is. It's just very, again, it's supernatural, but it's, it's, it's natural. It's very, God's just doing it. And, and he just leads us right to where we're supposed to be. And I don't understand how this works, but it's very practical. I, I'm emphasizing, just follow the Lord. If you put something in your heart, allow it to be tested. Put it up to the word of God. Make sure it's in order with God's word. But just keep walking it out. And, and, if, and the Lord gets you to that place and it shows you, oh, this is the Lord. Again, I've had so many times in my life as a Christian when the Lord placed something upon my heart that I did not know exactly what that meant. And the Lord just began to reveal it over time that this is definitely the Lord. And I'm just walking it out. I'm still, is this, and then I'm still, I don't know. And then I'm getting there and finally, wow, this is the Lord. I'll give you one example, personal example. And maybe I've shared it with you before, but it just, it just applies. How the Holy Spirit leads very naturally, but it's supernatural. The first church that my wife and I set out to plant in Florida, it started with, Simple, a desire to plant a church. That's it. But where? I mean, you just look at the map and you just go, I don't know, let's take a dart and, all right, let's go there. I mean, how do you know where to go? I mean, it's a big country, right? I mean, I thought, and this is the crazy thing, I thought we were going to be missionaries overseas. And so I, I was going to other countries at that time. I, was, I had the desire to serve the Lord. And so I remember I went to the country of Hungary. There's like 40 different conjugations of the word go in Hungarian. It's a difficult language. And I didn't learn any of them. But, but I was there. I was, I, there was churches being planted. God was moving in that country. And I felt like, you know what? I'll, I, wanna, I just want to, I'll do it. Let's go. I'm ready. So I come home and tell my wife, hey, babe, we're moving to Hungary. She's pregnant with our second child. She's like, oh, no. Oh, no, we're definitely not moving. You know, but, but I'm like, no, we're going. And God, I think it's the Lord. It wasn't, but I thought it was. I was open. It, it just started. It was a desire. Then the Lord kind of shut that one down. Okay, maybe that wasn't the Lord. No, it's the Lord. It's just, it's just God is refining and directing and honing it down right to where he wants me to be. So then suddenly we start praying, well, where should we go? I'm telling you, this is very practical. We started thinking about, we narrowed it down. We don't want to be somewhere where it snows. That's easy. I mean, that's just like, that narrows it down. Okay, that's it. get rid of those states. We definitely don't want to be there, you know? And then, so we realized we want to be somewhere where there's sun. 
Because we like the sun. We don't like the cold. So why not Florida? It's like 365 days a year. It is sunny. That's how it started. And I thought, well, where in Florida? And I started thinking, well, where's there's waves? It's very practical. Practical. By the way, the Lord didn't send me to that place. He sent me somewhere inland. Didn't look exactly like I wanted it to look, but that's all right. So then it turns out we start looking at the map, and then we think, well, you know, we find out that then it turns out there's two people in the church that we're assisting at, and these people are moving to Florida. Well, that's weird. And they're, they're moving to this place I'd never heard of before. And they said, it's the, one of the fastest growing communities in all of Florida right now. Really? Well, that's odd. And so we tra- I traveled out there, and I went there, and then I came back, and then I brought my wife back to check it out, and it was the worst trip ever. We thought, the Lord's not going to, let, let me just, oh, let me back it up. I went out there and started taking pictures of civilization, like Marshalls, a mall that had just been built. These are things that are important to women. Most women, I mean, they want to know that there's life there. And it was, it was booming. And so I sent her all these pictures. And I was sitting there reading my Bible, and I was also reading a devotion. I was in the food court of the mall by myself. I don't know one person in this place. I, this is my first time ever there. And I'm reading, and, and I'm reading this particular book that I've been reading through, and God used a particular book that jumped off the page. And it was basically a pastor was exhorting, where are the young men? Where are the young men? Why don't we have young men? Who's going to step up? And I was like, uh, it's like somebody jumped out of the book and was like screaming at me. I mean, not literally, but just it was like, you know, the Holy Spirit was just bearing witness with my spirit. This, this is the Lord. I, I, I mean, I was so sure that it was God. And, and you have to be sure. I walked over to the payphone. There was a payphone. It's going back a few years. <laughs> Called my wife, collect. And she answered. And I said, sweetie, this is the place. This is it. I, I know. I know. I know. Hungry. I know. This isn't hungry. They speak English here. This is the place. <laughs> this is the place. So I went home. I brought her back out with me to see it. At that time, we had our second son. He's just a baby, so we traveled with him. Miserable trip. I mean, hands down, it was horrible. Horrible. Major fail. We started looking, trying to find places to, let's like look for places to live where we could possibly live. We don't have a job. Like, where, where, how are you going to live, you know? And so we're looking at these places. And I just remember everywhere we went, it was pour, it was torrential downpour rain. My wife's carrying the baby. We're looking at these houses that look like they, they were drug houses. I'm like, we could maybe, no, we definitely, this is not going to, I mean, it was just a bad trip. In addition to that, she was walking down the stairs at the people's home where we were staying at, and she fell, and her pelvis went out of alignment while she was carrying our baby. It was a long trip home. I mean, it was just like, and you know what's crazy? What's crazy is we said, okay, that was not the Lord. We are not going. We're not going. Now, this is, this is, this is supernatural. There was a passage of scripture in Habakkuk that my wife and I did not tell anybody except the two of us. Just we knew this passage, that God spoke to us as it related to going. I didn't tell one person this passage of scripture except my wife. We knew it. It was our scripture, a confirming scripture. But we left Florida like, you know what? Peace, you guys. Plenty of churches around here. Plenty of churches. You guys are good. See you later. And we go home, and we're like, there's no way we're going there. We walk off that plane defeated, dejected, like, that was so lame. And the people who were there to pick us up, there were some people there to pick us up. They had balloons and a sign. You know what the sign said? The passage from Habakkuk. You can't make that stuff up, guys. You can't make it up. It's like, oh my goodness. And it was suddenly like, wow. What do we do with that? I don't know. Let's just go home and fix your pelvis. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do, right? This is terrible. So 
we go back, and, um, and that just started a process. This is very practical, but this started a process of wrestling with the Lord in prayer. I'm 24 years old. I'm wrestling with God in prayer. I've got two little boys. And I'm thinking, I don't know how to do this, Lord. This is crazy. And as we're praying through it and praying through it, it, it just, I'm telling you, I remember it so vividly. I was, I was in our little house there and I was praying and asking, Lord, I've been praying like this for days. And I'm, it, was, it was so simple how the answer came that it was the Lord and it was this way. I was praying and this, these are the thoughts I had. First of all, would the Lord, would I tell myself to move there? Is this me? Would I tell myself to do this? And the answer that I came back with was, no way. It would definitely not be me coming up with this. I'm fine right here. All right. Would the devil be telling me to go? The enemy trying to get me to go, to leave when I, no, because all I hear is you go out here, you're going to die. You're going to be on the street. You're not going to be able to provide. You're pretty much, you will never make it. All I heard was you're done. You, you take this step, it's over, pal. You're, you're never going to. So, okay, it wasn't me. It wasn't the enemy. And only be one other person. It was the Holy Spirit. And I got up from that moment of prayer. No joke. Walked into the senior pastor's office that I was serving alongside of and said, hey, I just want to let you know we're moving. I'm moving to Florida with my family. And uh, I just want to let you know. And I think this guy would be a great guy to take over my position, blah, 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 blah. And I just, I remember being in the office and when I, this is how, this is so cool. And I needed this. When I walked out of that office, there was just this sense of peace. There was so much turmoil leading up to that moment, just agonizing. And, and there was peace and God gave me, because I needed it, the gift of faith to believe him. I was believing God for crazy things. And I don't know how, I mean, it was the grace of God. Total grace of God. He just gave me peace. And I was determined, we're doing it. This is it, we're going. Now listen, that wasn't the end of the story because what happened after that, we're packing everything up, what we owned, into a little truck. And we had, I had made a deal with God. I can't make deals with God. God does what he does his way, the way he wants it. But you try, Right? Okay, Lord, I got three things. I just want you to, if you do these three, then I'll be sure, and I will. <laughs> you know, so you tell God. So I told God, hey, listen, I need a place to live. I need a job. And I'd like some people who know about Calvary Chapel to be available there when I get there so that, you know, we can start this thing. <laughs> nothing, nothing like that at all. No job, no job. There was two people there that I didn't know well. Two people. Just imagine just two people, random from this congregation, we're going to start a church in your living room. I mean, it's just, we don't even know each other. And we don't know anybody in the state. Neither We don't know anybody. It's the four of us. And we're just getting to know each other. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm moving my family across the country for one couple. And they're three kids. And they're two Siamese cats. <laughs> I had to really pray through that. But we... We get there, right? So I, the only thing I had was a place to live lined up. That was it. I thought, well, at least we'll have a roof over our head. So we're packing up the truck. The pastors from the church show up to my house to pack the truck that I'm going to drive across the country to the this, to this state I've never really been except the two times and start a church. And that, by the way, there was no internet at that time, no social media, there was a phone book, if you know what that is. Uh, <laughs> ask your grandma. <laughs> you, you know. So this is so the guys show up to load the truck, and when they show up to load, this is this is a true story. They show up to load the truck. My phone rings. Guess who it is? I'll tell you. It was the guy who was going to rent our house to us, the, the house that we were going to rent. And he says, Mr. Randall, I'm like, yeah, what's up? Hey, yeah, we're so, yeah, we're just getting ready to pack up the truck right now. We're heading out. You know, I just want to let you know I looked at your financials and uh, I can't rent my place to you. 
I was like, what? I was like, the truck is like in the driveway, like in the, dr- like in the driveway right now. The guys are here to show up to load it. We're out, and that was it. That was, that was all. We're not, you're not, it's not happening. Okay, Lord, was that you or was that me? Turns out I had the truck for 11 days. So my friend and I, we decided to drive across the state nonstop, the states nonstop. Just don't just, you sleep, I wake up, you sleep, shower on the side of the road, whatever. We just did not stop. Two and a half days, we just drove straight. With everything I owned in this truck, my wife was going to be there in a, a week later. I have no place to live. I have no job, and there's a couple in their house. So we drive, we arrive there. It's like 3 a.m. in the morning. It's pouring down torrential rain, pouring. I can't even see. It's the wipers are like, and I have, I, I get to their house, and, and um, it's 3 in the morning. It's a Saturday morning at 3 a.m. I make it out of the car. I lay down on their couch. I go to sleep. I wake up at noon. I get up at noon, and I go, we got to find a place to live. My truck is in front of their house. We drive into the neighborhood that we were going to rent in this neighborhood. We drive through the neighborhood. We, we see a sign on somebody's lawn that says, for lease. And I just called on it. And the next thing I know, I'm signing the papers that afternoon to move into this house, and I'm unloading the truck Sunday morning into this place that God provided the day I got there. And the first, and then my wife shows up and the house is set up. She comes a week later and we're in the, it was, guys, it was miraculous. It was totally miraculous. And, and the first converts in the church were next door neighbors. In the church, the first people that got converted were our next door neighbors. And they still walk with the Lord. To, what I'm saying to you is I can't make that up. I'm not even saying I like how it went down. I'm telling you, I was, there's a whole nother side of the story, chapter two, and about coming back here, which is, I don't know, I'm ready to share that yet, but I just, I just, I mean, it's it just the Holy Spirit led. There were so many moments when I wasn't sure, and all I could do was just like walk it out. I, I think you're leading me. I mean, I feel like you're leading, but I, how do you explain it? How do you, how do you, the spirit moves where he, he wants to move. Jesus said, it's like the wind. How do you, how do you, I don't know. I just know this, that if I'm willing to follow, he'll be faithful to lead me by his spirit, through his word, into things that I would not necessarily ask of him or want him to do it that way. But I'll tell you this, Looking back, even as I retell this story to you, that is, I'm so glad now that God did it that way. Because I saw, I would have never seen his faithfulness. I would have never known that God could provide when there was nothing that was available. The day I show up, the day I show up, two, I mean, two and a half days, wake up, there it is, and I'm moving in. It's supernatural the way the Holy Spirit leads, but it is very natural. And so, I just want to encourage you to, I mean, I, forgive me, I don't normally share stories, you know me, I share scripture, but I feel like I'm trying to give you a practical way of how the Holy Spirit leads and guides. And of course, there's many other examples in Scripture that I wanted to get to tonight as it relates to Paul and Barnabas, how the Spirit said, Acts chapter 13, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, and then the Spirit sent them out. I think of Acts 15 at the Jerusalem Council when they all got together to decide what was acceptable for Gentiles and what wasn't, and they said it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit Seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us that this is the way the Lord was leading. I mean, God was leading the early church. I think of Paul there in 
Acts 16, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and it says that the Holy Spirit forbid them to preach the word, and then, then they, after that they went to Mysia, and it says the Spirit didn't permit them. The Lord shut this door, the Lord shut that door. The Spirit actually shut them down and said, nope, you're not going there, and you're not going there. Okay. And then Paul had a vision, and they ended up in Macedonia. He saw a man saying, come over and help us. You remember that story? Come over and help us. And when he got there, he didn't actually find a man. It was a woman at a prayer meeting named Lydia, and he led her to Christ. I mean, it's just, when God leads, it doesn't always look the way you think it's going to look. It doesn't always map out the way you have it pictured in your mind. Well, I think it's going to look like this, and I think it's going to be like that. It doesn't necessarily work that way. It's not mine to direct God. It's his job to direct me. And it's me to follow his leading. And he leads me through his word and he confirms it through his word. And he's just asking if I'll be willing to follow him. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Are you listening? Can you hear? If you're willing to follow, he is more than willing to lead. Be led by the spirit. Those who are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. So may God continue to lead us and guide us. Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray together. Thanks, guys. Father, tonight we thank you for your leading. Um, (laughs) I pray that what was shared tonight, Lord, would be an encouragement to those who are here, that they would be edified and built up in light of these things that we've talked about tonight. And Lord, that uh, we can be confident that, Lord, you lead us supernaturally, but it's natural, Lord. And I pray for those tonight who are kind of in the midst of that right now. They're wondering, Lord, is this you or is this me? Lord, is is this you opening the door or is this me just doing something that isn't necessarily what you want me to do. Lord, confirm it. And Lord, if the word right now is wait, then help them to wait. Lord, it takes faith to go and it takes faith to stay. It takes faith to move and it takes faith to stop. We need both. So I just pray, Lord, that you'd make it clear. Thank you, Lord, that you're the way and you're the truth and you're the life. You're the way, so you're gonna lead us where we need to go. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we all stand together? Mm -hmm.